Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Oranges! <laughs> it's to prevent the scurvy. Prevent the scurvy. We have got a great episode for you. It is part two of our series in... Uh, blah, 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 blah. See, this is why I need the oranges. It's part two on our series in Blackbeard. Even that was wrong, but I'm sticking to my guns, just like Blackbeard would have done. Just so you know, peek behind the scenes, Mondo just finished a Little League soccer game, and so he just needs all the orange <laughs> slices he can get. Yeah, those fucking six-year-olds didn't see it coming. I'm the best goalie in the world. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh hey, look, it's a great episode. We love it. You're gonna love it. It's a fun time. Uh before we do that, if you wanna help support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast. If you wanna listen to the show somewhere else, try out Rooster Teeth, baby. Cockadoodle doo. E ah. Mmm. You can go to roosterteeth.com. You can download the app on your Amazon Fire Stick, Roku television, your Xbox, your mobile device, all that good shit. And check out all the other shows they got there too, like 30 Morbid Minutes. Like 30 Morbid Minutes. Fuck what's wrong with me today. (laughs) Ship Hits the Fan or a new tabletop role-playing show by Funhouse called Must Be Dice. It's a super great show and I think you're going to like it a lot. So go check that out. Episodes come out on Monday on podcast platforms. And uh, video for Rooster Teeth First members. But that's enough about that because now we gotta get into this. Yes. Let's hop into the show, baby. Hello. Hello. Ahoy. I'm Robert the Boat. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always... These are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm the very tired Armando Torres. And with us we have... An iron deficiency. Probably. There you go. (laughs) I gotta eat more broccoli. (laughs) You gotta start licking the inside of cast iron pots. (laughs) Oh my god. It's called seasoning. Yeah, I ate a bunch of nickels earlier, but apparently mm, that's mm. not iron. Uh, who, who'd have guessed it's made out of nickel? Here's what you need to do to cure that iron deficiency. You need mm-hmm. to get yourself a, a big old thing of popcorn uh-huh. and a DVD of Leonardo DiCaprio's classic, Man in the Iron Mask. And Ooh. you just need to watch it and cure the deficiency of that movie in your life. Oh, see, I was so close. I just ate a DVD copy of Iron Giant earlier. Just oh, shit. Box and all. Have you tried ironing your clothes? <laughs> no, but I tried pumping iron and then my bones broke like in that movie Old where they're old oh. and they're on the beach and they're old. Also, I just watched the movie Old where they're on the beach and they all get old. It's such a bad movie. Yeah, everyone said it was a bad movie. I don't know why you watched it. It's Here's the thing about Old, the movie where they all get old on the beach that turns them old, uh, uh-huh. is that 
everyone said it was bad and i know m night Shyamalan, and i knew that it was gonna be bad the twist is is that it i couldn't predict that it would be as terrible as it was it was somehow so much worse than i could have possibly ever imagined (sighs) maybe that's what it is maybe i watched old the movie where they're old on the beach that turns them old and then that's what turned me old and now my body hurts because i watched a bad movie that could be um i don't know about you but everyone and their brother is telling me to see the new uh, Doctor Strange because it's basically Evil Dead 4. So That's pretty kick-ass. Yeah, I've heard a lot of things about it being spooky and then uh, a lot... Well, no, actually, that's not true. I've seen a lot of Twitter posts about how people can't handle that it's spooky and then have not seen any of the Twitter posts about people not handling how spooky it is. I'm just seeing the complaints about the non-existent complaints. But yeah, anyway. I'm, I've basically seen a lot of complaints from people who are like, it's not a normal Marvel movie. Meh. And then like a million and a half of my horror friends being like, oh, my God, it's like Marvel and Evil Dead. And I'm like, OK, that sounds fucking badass. Maybe, though. Yeah, well, all that means is that it's Evil Dead mixed with a shitty movie franchise. That's right. I'm anti-Marvel. You heard it here first, folks. Actually, I don't think this is the first time. I think I'm pretty open about how much I don't like Marvel I'm, movies. What, uh, I, you cannot argue that DC is doing better, though. I get not being super into Marvel, but no. you got to also be against DC. Yeah, no, DC sucks ass. They all suck ass. They're both bad. They're both bad fucking types of movies. And here's the thing. I liked The Batman. It was a fine movie. It's not my favorite movie. It's maybe my favorite Batman, but I also think maybe I just don't like Batman. Um, And, yeah, that's it. I... T- I don't like the Marvel movies. I think they suck. I think they, they're they like a roller coaster where I feel like the waiting in line is the fun part where you hype it up so much in your mind that by the time it gets there, you gotta have fun because otherwise, what was this all for? I, I mean, I'm, I'm here to tell you that I would lick any part of Henry Cavill's body that he asked me to and I still have not made it through any of the Superman movies. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. They're so suck. boring. They're aggressively boring. <laughs> yeah, they're all bad. Look, I would fuck any part of Henry Cavill <laughs> if the movie Old, where they're on the beach that turns them old, <laughs> never existed and I didn't watch that stupid movie. Oh, are you ready for Blackbeard Part 2? <laughs> I am. I was going to ask if you wanted to do a little mini Panic Fest recap uh, of high points, <laughs> low points before we dive into it. Oh, absolutely. I would love to do a Panic Fest recap. So we went to Panic Fest in Kansas City, Missouri, which we do every year that we are not living in a world-ending pandemic. Right, uh, right, right. And we did a live show. We... Uh, showed up and put on a hell of a show. Actually, I think it was the last thing that we posted on the feed, right? That was yeah, the episode uh-huh. last week. Yes. Did we? Well, I know we talked about it on Horror Virgin. I know I don't. You and I have not talked about it since because I have not had a chance to see you since. Uh, do you remember Todd under the influence saying, "We'll just chill to the next episode"? <laughs> no. What? Okay, fuck. I was the only sober person to remember this, apparently. Uh, Todd, very high, because he tried to keep pace with you. Cannot, should not. Bad, bad idea. Bad idea. (laughs) Uh, 
we we were like laying out the way you were going to get to the airport the next morning, something. And he just went, all right, we'll just chill to the next episode. And you just responded with, okay, buddy. <laughs> it, was, it was great. I loved it a lot. <laughs> I was so high and so tired. I was on, uh, so that was right after I had gone to Austin and done like four or five fucking 12 hour shoot days and then i flew out to kansas city and went hey guys let's all hang out and we ate i think four pounds of barbecue each so and then fucking good went back to the airbnb and i went all right i'm here now and then passed out for 10 hours or something <laughs> yeah immediately it <laughs> just immediately fell on my ass and died and then uh woke up at like I don't know, midnight or something helped yeah. you write, not even write the episode, made slides for the episode and then passed out again, did the live show, passed out again and then flew home. Mm -hmm. So like mm -hmm. that entire experience was kind of a blur except for very key moments wherein like, I remember going to Waffle House and losing my phone and almost fighting right. an employee at the Waffle Correct. House. Um, yes. I was so ready to actually fight you. The guy. And Todd was your hype man because Todd was like, let's get him. We'll go in there. And Mikey and I are just like, are we going to have to stop a fight today? Like, <laughs> like, no, you're going to have to got the shortest member today. of our crew and the tallest member of our crew ready to roll up on a Waffle House employee. <laughs> Well, here's the thing about this Waffle House in particular is like, normally speaking, I would be terrified to fight a Waffle House employee, but right. I walked in there, all of them fucking soft. All right. We, we, they got one thing on our order wrong and we said, Hey, can you please fix this? And they said, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Of course we'll fix this. And from that moment, I knew I could take them all in a fight. That's not <laughs> how you Waffle House. You call me a bitch and throw the eggs in my face. You idiot. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, so pirates. Back back to a, a group of rabble rousers, much like a Waffle House staff. Exactly. Pirates. The Waffle House of the Sea is really what pirates are. <laughs> They're just a bunch of assholes who will steal your property, even if they don't, and mm -hmm. are willing to fight to keep it, even if they didn't. Um, yeah. And just before we move on, thank you to everyone who came out to Panic Fest, who saw the show. We sold out our show. Uh, Horror Virgin sold out their show. Um, it was so amazing, especially since the morning of we realized that we had done zero promotion and I tweeted about the show from, I think the toilet or the plane or something you, or the you toilet tweeted on about the plane. It from the barbecue restaurant. And that's when we found <laughs> out that it was sold out. Like people responded to your tweet and were like, I can't get tickets. And we were like, what? What? Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Tweet work guys. And then it, no, <laughs> it turns out that you guys are just better at buying tickets than I am at remembering that I have to do stuff. Mm -hmm. So thank you to everyone who came out. It was such a fun episode. Uh, hopefully we get to a point where we can put up a video version for Patreon members. I have the video version. I have to finish editing it and then it can go up for Patreon. Ooh, so stay tuned for that. Um, I'll announce when it goes up. Hell yeah. That's going to be super fun. We had a blast. Kansas City is amazing like always. Um, God, I'm now just now realizing the last few weeks of my life and I think I don't have an iron deficiency. I think I just need to sleep and take a fucking break for a second. Uh, the closest thing I get to a break, by the way, and this is the last thing before we get into p pirates, is I watched the creator clash last night, uh, the boxing match between YouTube people. <laughs> 
and about like half the fights were exactly what you expect where like uh they're very sloppy and it's a bunch of people who don't know how to throw punches sort of punching each other gassing themselves out by the first round and then slowly defeat happens but my favorite fight my favorite fight of the night was between this terrifying irish woman and this tiny 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 little tiktok uh, dance lady oh, she's no. like she's like 19 years old she's so thin she's such a tiny little girl and she's so she's got such a sweet face and everyone from the announcers to like the the, the interviewers to like us sitting in the room watching the thing we're like this woman is gonna get murdered she's gonna be <laughs> murdered she's 19 going up against somebody who clearly has been in real fights before and this is gonna like suck ass for this person. The fucking bell dings, and this TikTok dancer rushes forward and just pop, 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 and fucking hits her in the face like three gets combo shots in. She ended Damn. up losing the fight in the uh -huh. third round, like the end oh, of the shit. third round. Lasted so long though. And so <clears throat> the reason I bring this up is that I think. Rooster Teeth and our extended cult podcast family is in Horror Virgin, uh, Romancing the Pod, etc. Should throw our own boxing match. <laughs> and I'm, I'm taking down, on Gus Sarola and Blaine Gibson. Same night, baby. Let's go. Wait, together during the same match? No. Okay, hold on. Okay. First, first fight of the night, me versus Gus. And then last fight of the night me versus blaine i just burped in the middle of that which shows you how in shape i am and how in control of my body i am i mean i'm i'm gonna say it again if blaine just stays out of your arm radius he will outrun you <laughs> like, that's the thing i just watched a bunch of people box if you outrun me i'll win on points baby i'll chase you that was the other thing is there was a guy whose youtube name is just dad and he beat the fuck out of a guy he beat the fuck out of a guy within 20 seconds in the round he knocked his ass out dude damn <clears throat> it was so fucking awesome he like he started punching his opponent and his opponent started running away and then he would chase him down and start beating him up and then throwing punches where his face was going to be so you know that mikey like boxes boxes like for like gym shit like yeah. he might actually be hard to beat i could beat mikey I could fight Mikey. I could fight Bring Mikey it. right now. You're just gonna Get fight Mikey everyone. on the phone. Mikey, where the fuck you at? Mikey's on vacation at the beach. <laughs> Weak. I'm <laughs> over here eating broccoli, feeling like garbage, like a boxer should. Anyway, that's enough of stuff about the uh, the outside things. We're gonna talk about Blackbeard the pirate. Um, this is part two. I have recently learned that Blackbeard's life was more interesting than I previously thought. So this mm -hmm. is part two out of our three-part episode series. Mm -hmm. And oh my God, is this shit fucking insane. Um, <laughs> so it has been brought to my attention before mm -hmm. we started recording that Last Podcast on the Left is also doing a series on Blackbeard. Which you should probably check out because I am going to yada yada over some shit just because, uh, one, sources are a little unclear. Two, not everything is as important to the story that I'm trying to tell. And three... Um, <clears throat> Marcus is amazing and yeah. we don't have that kind of resources. 
Yeah, I literally just said that my body's breaking down because I don't drink enough uh, or eat enough broccoli. So, yeah, maybe one of us is more suited to researching stuff for prolonged periods of time. Let's put it this way. We're going to finish recording this episode and then we're probably going to go listen to their episodes. So, like, if you like ours and you're having fun pop on over to last podcast i'm sure it's amazing <laughs> i am absolutely sure it is but our sources for this episode are the general history of the robberies and murders of the most notorious pirates by charles johnson also just a fun little fact for you history in this is spelled h-i-s-t-o-r-e-i-e like no mm-hmm. y it's i-e and then also apparently pirates was spelled with a y up until very recently mm-hmm Something I didn't know until I was researching uh, for the first episode. Our next book is Blackbeard, The Real Pirate of the Caribbean by Dan Perry. And finally, we have Pirates, Privateers, and Rebel Raiders of the Carolina Coast by Lindley S. Butler. So, in part one, we talked about how the wealthy son of a slave trader reinvented himself into a rough, no-nonsense pirate who also participated in the slave trade. But... In just under a year's time, Edward Teach had gone from a Navy man to the dread pirate Blackbeard. The antics he had picked up from his mentor, Captain Horny Gold, had made him extremely successful. So successful that other crews were actually jealous that their captain wasn't more like Blackbeard. And one of these envious crews was headed by another infamous captain, Steed Bonnet. Although, Steed wasn't really known for being a good pirate. In fact, instead of a cool handle like Blackbeard or the Prince of Pirates, Steed was known as the Gentleman Pirate. What was that? I was just putting my pinky up for the fancy Gentleman Pirate. (laughs) (laughs) Now, here's what's really weird. When you break down their stories, Steed Bonnet and Edward Teach have an almost identical origin story, except for one little detail that we'll get to like in a couple of minutes. Um, Both of them were born to extremely wealthy English parents, but grew up in the Caribbean. Steed grew up in Barbados at the exact same time that Edward was growing up in Jamaica. Also, I mean, this is like slightly different technically uh edward teach was born in england and then moved to jamaica while steed bonnet was born in barbados and also grew up in barbados uh but they both came from well-off english families both of them were known for being extremely bookish and both of their fathers passed away while they were fairly young leaving them a vast fortune and a family business but here is where those stories deviate Like we covered last time, Edward renounced his inheritance and gave it all to his stepmom so that he could try to make his own way by joining the Navy, while Steed, on the other hand, just kind of fell into becoming a landowner. Actually, Steed kind of stumbles into everything that he does. The rest of his and Edward's stories are still very similar, but while Edward works for his plunders, Steed just kind of gets them. So, like, they were both married to high-class women, but Steed had zero say in who he married. I think his mother was just like, yeah, this one will bring more land to our inheritance (laughs) and its estate, so maybe go with her. 
They were both educated, but Edward studied boating and history, while Steed fell into the 1700s equivalent of a liberal arts degree. (laughs) And while this sounds like a bit, it's not. During one of his later trials, a judge who knew Steed personally alluded to him having, quote, a liberal education, end quote, which is apparently just like an education that you have at the time that's less focused on making you educated and more about making you a well-rounded person. So it's Hmm. like literally kind of a liberal arts degree uh, in terms of the stuff that he was trying to study. Also, both of them served the English military. Like I said, Edward joined the Navy and then eventually became a privateer. While Steed was given the rank of major in Barbados because he owned a lot of land and slaves. That was it. That's the only thing he had to do to get the rank of major. I mean... Like, okay, that's kind of like, (laughs) that's kind of like if you were able to own a house, like if you bought a house and then all of a sudden somebody came up to you and were like, by the way, you're now a CEO of what? Who the fuck cares? Like (laughs) you own this house. house, So clearly you're competent. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, of course. (laughs) I mean, it's about time. Honestly, somebody came here and made me in charge of this entire company. What are we doing? (laughs) Despite their small differences, their stories ended in the same place. Eventually, Steed went through a midlife crisis and, in his own words, was driven to piracy by his wife Mary's constant nagging and the discomfort that he found being married. He never picks up his socks. I'm going to the sea. I swear to God, Mary, I'm going to fucking pull over a ship and rob them if you tell me about the fucking socks one more time. If I have to pick up your skid-marked underwear off the goddamn floor one more time, you're an adult. I'm going to kill a man with a cannon, you bitch. And it's just like, what the, f- <laughs> what the fuck are they fighting What does about? that have to do with this? Yeah, it makes no sense. It doesn't even, it's like, you could have said, like, it drove me to divorce. Nope. <laughs> one of these days, Mary, you're going to make me set sail on the seven seas on a fucking ship. I have been asking you to fix that squeaky door on the second floor for two and a half months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, unlike Edward, who went from seaman to privateer to natural born pirate, although actually now that I think about it, I guess he went from seaman to baby to seaman to privateer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to natural born pirate. Steed Bonnet tried to buy his way into piracy. He went down to the local shipyard and commissioned a 60-ton sloop that he also had fitted with 10 guns. Nice. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. It's pretty hard to lie about what you're going to be doing when you go down to people who know ships and basically perfectly explain a pirate ship. Yeah, I'd like to buy a new car. Uh, I'm going to need the panels to be bulletproof. Mm-hmm. Are you going to do drug deals or drive-bys in this car? No. no. No, but if you could also tint the windows, uh that'd be great. Uh hey boss, um I don't want to like raise any flags or anything, but that guy who just came in to look at that Civic, I think he wants to do Mad Max shit and <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> your boss is just like god damn it fifth time this week it's it's something about the nagging in the wives voice that just makes them want a mad max no wonder he ordered the add-on of a guitar guy strapped to the hood of the civic <laughs> and flames too 
honestly, in this economy, it's just not practical. There's no. so you got to pay so much fuel for the guitar guy. The price of gas is astronomical. We should all be conserving by taking the guitar men off of our civics. <laughs> Now I'm just Take them down to the whiskey a go go where they can recycle them. <laughs> now I'm just picturing a more tan Joe, just like, yeah, it's a hybrid. It saves on gasoline. <laughs> Mediocre performance for our fuel economy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I absolutely love this. There's uh one of the reasons people know which port um steed bonnet eventually would sail his ship out of is because uh british intelligence agencies were keeping tabs on him because he was for sure hiring people to build him a pirate ship like there's zero other he said like i'm gonna go hunt pirates and everyone was like yeah man okay sure 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 I think it's really weird that you also have your own uh, skull and crossbones flag that you asked us mm-hmm. to put up here. But yeah, mm-hmm. whatever you say, dog. I'm going to buy this Winnebago and go out to the desert for vacation and recreation. Aren't you cooking meth? No, me <laughs> never. He says huffing a, a bag filled with silver spray paint. Sorry, chrome <laughs> spray paint. See me in Valhalla. Witness me. <laughs> yeah. Steed named his ship the Revenge, which is like against who, my guy? Because like the only person against who is... fucking Mary. Yeah, like I'll show you, bitch. I'm gonna get revenged by like the sea is my wife now, and the <laughs> sea doesn't care if I leave my socks I'm, everywhere. I'm not fucking kidding. If you go to let me look this up because I want to make sure that I'm reading it absolutely correctly. If you Google Steed Bonnet. And go uh, onto his uh, Wikipedia page under spouses. There are two things listed. Uh, Mary Allenby from uh, married 1709. And the second entry under spouses is pirate career. (laughs) Mary, you're a fine girl. What a naggy wife you would be. But my life, my love and my lady is the sea. Well, it's it makes sense that his lady was a C because the last lady he was married to, he was also calling her a C a lot. <laughs> yeah, she, she was kind of a C, also a B. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think here's the thing: is like I don't know who was doing what, and I don't want to like make judgments. But just knowing what I do know about Steed Bonnet, he's probably he was probably a dickhead, and so oh yeah, probably. I just like the revenge. I don't know. It sounds cool. It also it sounds awfully similar to Blackbeard's ship the queen anne's revenge uh, but this is just another wild coincidence in fact blackbeard at this point in time blackbeard didn't even have his ship the revenge or the queen anne's revenge yet it's just again their lives are so scarily similar now also commissioning your own ship is a very strange move in the pirate world Typically, a pirate earns their ship by either stealing it or leading mutiny against their captain. Also, on the subject of mutiny, captains don't normally pay their way to the top. Crews generally nominated a leader and then voted them in as captain. Ships were run uh, on a kind of democracy, and mutiny was like being impeached. Got it. Got it. So, like, let's say 
they were trying to impeach a captain. Uh-huh. But then like that captain was like the votes were rigged. And so then they all rushed onto this one boat on like, let's say January 6th mm-hmm. and then took it over. So then that's how they would like earn that boat. Yeah, well, see, there's nothing in the bylaws that say that a captain has to show their tax returns. So <laughs> so I really don't see this as a problem. All I'm saying is that new guy, not my captain. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you weren't a good captain, the crew could band together and vote you out. And Steed was super inexperienced and he didn't want to risk being outed or ousted so he made another very strange move for a pirate he hired a crew of about 70 men and then decided to pay them a salary instead of cutting them in on a percentage of the loot i mean kind of smart uh because i'm picturing the other ships them being like i don't know this guy says he has free health care and it's just like a barrel of oranges so like i feel like this probably worked out better for steed that is actually going to come into play a lot later, so keep that keep that in <laughs> mind as you're doing it. But yeah, it, he's just um, making the rounds on his ship. Like, don't unionize. <laughs> I'll give you more oranges. <laughs> you know, they said a pirate's life was going to be hard, but I didn't think I was going to have to pee in as many bottles to get the job done. You know? Hey, mate, we all pee in bottles. <laughs> Some of us just pee off the side of the ship. Yeah, that's what being a pirate's about. I hate working for Captain Bezos. And then you're just fucking sweeping <laughs> the deck all fucking day. Um, but hiring a crew and paying them a salary instead of a percentage of the loot would kind of make it harder for his crew to overthrow him because they were essentially employees aboard his vessel. So it, it made the entire process a lot more difficult. But it didn't make it impossible. The revenge, led by the gentleman pirate, wasn't completely unsuccessful early on, but a lot of that was due to Steed's reliance on his quartermaster and his first mate, and uh, relying on two other people to basically make all of your decisions really made the crew not respect him and his decisions. Yeah. On their first initial cruise around the eastern coast of America, the crew was able to plunder four ships, which again, is not a it's not an unrespectable number of ships to plunder for your first outing as a pirate. Um, and one of these vessels was a ship from Barbados that Steed ordered his crew to burn down so that it couldn't return home and tell his wife and neighbors what he had been up to. <laughs> That's hilarious. (laughs) He destroyed a ship just so that they couldn't go tell his fucking wife where he was. No witnesses. (laughs) That's like if you saw like your neighbor at the golf, like the country club when you were supposed to be like, I don't know, at a doctor's appointment and you're like, burn their fucking car down. I mean, it's it's kind of like I'm just picturing when those people eventually make their way back to Barbados, if any of them survive. And one of them goes to his wife and is like, girl, I saw your man at a club <laughs> on the high seas. Uh, yeah, you remember that mid-sized sedan he bought? Well, it's actually a huge pirate ship. So <laughs> full of shit. Oh. Uh, after they filled up their hole with booty, which is, by the way, the, my favorite sentence that I've written this entire time. <laughs> after they filled up their hole with booty, they set sail for the Republic of Pirates, the safe haven that was set up by Captain Hornigold, which we covered in part one. Um, unfortunately, 
On the way, they came across a Spanish man of war, which is a huge, heavily armed warship that understandably was not too fond of British pirates who had been consistently fucking them up for years at this point. And during the ensuing battle, half of Steed's crew was killed, the revenge was badly damaged, and Steed himself was very seriously injured. They barely managed to escape and make their way to the Republic of Pirates, where the dejected crew met a real up-and-comer on the pirate scene, Edward Blackbeard Teach. And they had heard stories about the captain's crazy antics, and they probably saw how much more his crew was making by taking a percentage of his many successful plunders. So, Steed's men begged Blackbeard to take them in, but Edward had a better idea. More ships, more men, and financing from a rich daddy's boy meant that they would be able to take on way more Target. But what about Walmarts? (laughs) You should always steal from a Walmart, by the way, just any time you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Target's no better. Definitely take on Target. No, but like, yeah. Also oh, for some sure. Walmarts. For sure, for sure. The way that it was described to me by a former Target employee is that Target is just Walmart with a better PR firm. It's That's 100%. the only difference. Yep. So the two captains joined forces, although everyone knew who was really in charge. On the Revenge's second voyage, now led by Blackbeard, They jumped from just robbing four ships to plundering over 11 vessels. And I have a list of some of these ships, by the way, and (laughs) I kind of love their names. Um, They're not like insanely goofy, but it is kind of fun to learn like what people were naming their ships at the time, especially because like now ships are called like the SS fuck Mary she told me not to buy a boat, but here I am or whatever, you know, like they're all fucking puns and shit. So among the victims were the sea nymph. Uh, there was also the Protestant Caesar. Um, there was the good intent. And then my personal favorite, a boat that was known simply as Robert. This is my boat, Joseph. <laughs> oh, I'd like you to meet my boat, Gary. Like, Robert? I did a, what are we doing? What is happening? I did the smallest amount of research, and by all accounts, it looks like the boat named Robert was at no point captained by a man named Robert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love when shit has weird names. Like, I'm following this kitten on Facebook right now. His f- name is Deli Department. What? <laughs> Every part of that sentence was crazier than the last part of that sentence. It's a little little baby orange kitten with wonky eyes uh, and an angry face. And his name is Deli Department. (laughs) I love it. Deli Department sounds like the the tough guy in a mob movie. Like, yeah, Yeah. that's Deli Department. Don't make him show you the gabagool. He's going to put your face on a meat slicer. (laughs) Actually, that sounds fucking terrifying. Um... Hold on. He's going to fuck you up so bad, your meat slices are going to end up between your buns. How do you like your face? Thin or paper thin? Oh. And then he like slices off a little piece and hands it to you. And he's like, is this good? Do you is like this? this? Good? I can go thin. Do you see through it? <laughs> you want to you be able to see through the pursuit. Oh, you definitely do. 
Oh, this just brought up a bad memory. When uh, I was living in Pasadena, I would go to this uh, deli in like a fucking pavilions or something, and I would order prosciutto, and they would slice it on the thing, and I kept going make it as thin as possible you want to be able to see through it like a thin piece of paper and then they would give me big fucking bacon thick cuts of prosciutto and i hated them and i wanted to murder them as someone who always wants more prosciutto i'm maybe not mad at those thicker cuts (sighs) i just sounds i I try it i want more thin cuts of prosciutto not less thicker cuts of prosciutto i feel you i feel you uh, by the spring of 17... 17- no, you know what? Fuck you, pavilions. Rob a pavilions, too, if you get a chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Targets, Walmarts, uh-huh. pavilions. Of course. Thank you. By the end of this, we'll have a list of 20 of the best places to rob in the name of Colt Podcast. That's Maybe right. that's why it was Robert. Robert T. Like Pusha T, <laughs> oh, but it's Robert T. I like that. <laughs> but... <laughs> By the spring of 1718, when Edward was 34 years old, he was well on his way to becoming the most feared pirate on the seven seas. His fleet was about 11 ships strong and led by a massive warship loaded with over 36 guns and about 250 men. Man, I haven't accomplished shit. Yeah, well, I mean, here's the thing. You're saying that as somebody who isn't on the high seas robbing the Spanish. So I fucking should be. Apparently, I'm not. I'm just sitting around here making podcasts, and I could be making sweet ass gains. Yeah. Again, uh, we covered this in the first episode. He was only a pirate for about two years, and in that two years, he made the equivalent of twelve point five million dollars. See, this is like the assholes that got in early to Bitcoin and shit. <laughs> Yeah, they're fuck. They're exactly like pirates. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the size of his crew and how well he was able to lead all of them, Blackbeard's crew awarded him with a new title. He was no longer their captain. He was now known as Commodore Blackbeard, the leader Ooh. of his own personal pirate navy. And if you think that's a little intense, let me assure you that the description was very fitting because Blackbeard was on a fucking war path. One of the hard parts about being a world-famous criminal is that it is hard to get your hands on basic necessities like medicine. As we covered, healthcare, not really a part of the pirate lifestyle. Like we covered uh, last time, the closest thing they had to vitamins was grog, which was just a drink that was one part rum, one part water, and then some citrus mixed in, and it was supposed to keep you hydrated and prevent scurvy. Um, Unfortunately, unlike Sprite and Vicks VapoRub does for Mexicans, grog didn't cure everything. That's why you need a cardboard cutout stand-up of the rock. (laughs) Exactly. So his gaze can heal you. It's supposed to keep you strong. Rock strong. Rock strong. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? No, you can't because of the vapor rub. But someday (laughs) you'll be able to. And that's when you'll know that his gaze has worked. I just put together right now that you sent a man with COVID, a, yeah. a, a, a standout figure of a man who's saying is, can you smell what the rock is cooking? Because and the reality no. was he could not, but now he can. You're welcome. You're <laughs> welcome. Fuck your ivermectin. Cardboard cutouts of the rock for everybody. <laughs> We gotta start, I don't know why they're hiding the science. We got to start injecting it directly into people's veins. Just like. 
rub his bald head for luck. Oh, God. I'll tell you what won't make you feel better. Watching the movie Old, where they get old on the beach and make them old. Anyway, that movie, is st- I can't stop thinking about it. I've been doing this episode, and I'm still mad about Old and uh, Pavilions. So those are the two <laughs> grudges that I'm willing to die for. Well, I'm about to watch The Northman after this, so... Oh, hell yeah. That's so much cooler than old the movie Old, where they get old on the beach and make them old. Hey, what happens on that beach in that movie? I honestly couldn't tell. You wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I think they become babies. Anyway. <laughs> uh, his crew needed medical supplies, and Commodore Blackbeard could only think of one reasonable way to get them. Obviously, he needed to sail to the province of South Carolina and take an entire town hostage. Of course. That's the only thing that makes sense. Of course. So Blackbeard's crew formed a blockade off the shore of Charlestown and then ransacked every vessel coming in and out for five to six days. They just stopped, dropped, opened up shop in the open seas and then would stop anyone who was coming through and just rob them blind and then was like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, get on out of here. I mean, honestly, by like day one or two, if you're still sailing out there, that's on you. Oh, absolutely. Like like, the hall monitors of the seas are out there taking everyone's lunch money. You shouldn't (laughs) mosey on down. Yeah. Even it's like the modern day equivalent of like on Google maps, it'll be like, Hey, there's a speed trap up ahead because like five people got tickets and you're like, okay, I should probably slow down because I'm going 120 because I got to get to San Diego, baby. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, anyway, again fucking cops so pavilions cops in the movie old where they're on the beach to make them old right um so they did this for about a week until they found what they were looking for a ship headed for london carrying a group of prominent charlestown citizens including a member of the province's council one of blackbeard's new prisoners and two members of his crew were sent back to charlestown to relay a message The town had two days to gather up all the drugs they could get their hands on and send it back to the Commodore. And if they refused, all of the prisoners would be executed, their heads would be sent to the governor, and their ships would be burned. Damn. This is probably telling of how dumb I am in terms of, like, the logistics of piracy, maybe. But the first time I heard of somebody burning a ship, I went, (laughs) that dumb ship on water ship going ship ship ain't gonna burn but apparently they just did this all the time you just burn a ship and then it's out of commission i guess they are just giant pieces of wood huh so Mm -hmm. yeah i guess i don't know it just seemed dumb the part that's in the water is like by the time you get to the water part that ship is done for so like even if the water eventually puts it out you ain't going nowhere fair enough just seemed dumb to me i don't know first guy to try it was probably like i told you guys it would work you idiots (laughs) i mean what would you do instead i guess i guess i wouldn't be a pirate page i probably would just not or i would kill all of them and make sure that none of them could do it and then i would shoot a cannon down below so that their ship would sink into the ocean you could do that or you could lay anchor kill all of them hang their bodies off the side as a warning and then make people more scared of you. But Hell then lay yeah. in wait just past the ship on the other side. So when people try to run away from the scary ship with all the bodies on it, you'd catch them. 
Damn, we're evil. We're evil motherfuckers. Also, again, remember, we talked about this a little bit last week, too, but um, or I guess the week before that. There's really no evidence that Blackbeard ever really killed anybody. Uh, he did take prisoners and then would burn their ships and then would go to a port and then be like, get out of here, you scamps, and then take all their shit. Like, that was just kind of what he did. I don't know of any there's no real record of him ever actually killing anybody that being said it is hard to prove that he killed somebody when the only people who would know are the people that he killed so it real does dread go. pirate robert's energy oh my god yeah. the boat named robert <gasps> whoa whoa he was the pirate it was the boat all along it's like the usual suspects where you think the captain is the pirate but the right. boat goes free and then Ooh. it like it's sailing all wonky but then as soon as it gets out of sight it goes straight and then it yep. fucking dips out exactly the original boat robert has been living like a king in patagonia oh <laughs> he just hands God. it off to each subsequent boat named robert and then we call it we call the movie the usual shipwrecks Uh, So Blackbeard's crew parked their blockade about five leagues from land to serve as a grim reminder of what was at stake. But after two days, they received nothing. And on the third morning, the messenger returned with news. While sailing to deliver the message, Blackbeard's men had been horsing around and caused the lifeboat they were on to capsize. And then they had to swim back to shore and then get a boat and go back to Blackbeard to be like, hey, are we still cool? (laughs) Because, like, we took a little bit longer than we expected. Um, The pirate commodore begrudgingly gave the town two more days, which again came and went with no drugs. Pissed beyond belief, Blackbeard decided to move his ships directly into Charlestown's harbor, which understandably caused a huge panic in the city. Now, when you say Charlestown, do you mean Charleston? I'm going to be honest with you, Paige. I'm not sure. Because this is like old-timey America. It's still the province of South Carolina. And uh, one thing that I've learned is sometimes they'll name something something, And then it changes into something differently. Like later, we'll talk about a place that's called Bath Town. uh, And that place is now just known as Bath. So it's it's Hmm. spelled Charles Space Town. Okay. uh, But it could become Charleston. Charleston. I have no fucking idea because things Mm -hmm. just keep changing. Remember that last week we covered a place that was like called like santiago de la verga and then afterwards there was it just became spanish town so like yes <laughs> things change in the dumb spanish tin <laughs> are you talking about spanish tin south carolina i love talking that about place spanish tin <laughs> oh they got the best targets to rob um so when blackbeard disembarked his ship to meet the messenger he heard another familiar story It turns out that the council had successfully rounded up all the drugs they could find, but when it came time to deliver them, the two crewmates were nowhere to be found. And it turns out that they were uh, paying a little visit to the local tavern where they had gotten completely shit-faced and passed out for like a day and a half. Yikes. Yeah. I mean, when all you got to drink is grog and then you finally get like some good tequila or something, it's gonna fuck you up. Yeah. 
Frustrated with his crew, Blackbeard decided to honor his word, so he freed his prisoners, minus their belongings and fancy clothes, and his crew left Charlestown. But something had changed for Edward. His giant crew was becoming too much to handle, and they were starting to fuck up a lot. So maybe it was time to reconsider his options. Blackbeard had had a pretty good run. He had robbed an insane amount of ships in his almost two years of being a pirate. Maybe he should quit while he was ahead. And if he was going to hang up his giant black beard, now would be the perfect time to do it. Because piracy had gotten a little out of control, and the British Navy had basically trained a bunch of privateers on how to be the perfect thieves using Navy tactics, and then got surprised when they kept at it, even after they were told not to do so. So in order to curtail the high sea robberies, King George I issued the Act of Grace, known colloquially as the King's Pardon. Any pirate who surrendered themselves by July 5th, 1718 would have their crimes forgiven in full. But there was just one tiny issue. The pardon was only applicable to crimes committed before January 5th, 1718, and their little stunt in Charlestown took place in May of 1718. Oh, shit. Now... The proper authority could waive these grievances, especially since no one had actually been injured during the whole ordeal. But before Blackbeard turned himself in, he wanted to test the waters. So he sent his quote-unquote co-captain, Steed Bonnet, to go try it first. Of course. Good call, actually. <sighs> yeah, it's a pretty good idea. Blackbeard's brigade anchored themselves off the coast of Bath Town, England, and Steed took a small sailboat to shore and successfully received his pardon. Unfortunately for him, Blackbeard wanted to pull one last job, and when Steed reached their secret meeting spot, he found his ship, the Revenge, completely stripped of its guns, provisions, and its crew. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, apparently Steed Bonnet like set out looking for revenge for like a month, couldn't find Blackbeard and was like, well, fuck this. And then just went back to being a pirate where he was immediately caught and killed for his crimes. <laughs> Jeez. But they won't put that in the HBO now, will they? I don't know. Probably not, though. They probably, probably not. It would ruin the love story. Yeah. Which, oh boy, am I just loving so much. Edward Teach was pardoned for his crimes in June of 1718. His crew disbanded and he moved into a small but respectable estate in Bathtown, England. The governor gave him permission to round up a crew and become a privateer, taking down other pirates, just like his mentor, Captain Hornigold, had done before him. And after two years as a pirate, Edward had it made. He apparently remarried, he had a good job, and he could finally rest easy. And that should be the end of our series on uh, Blackbeard the Pirate. But unfortunately, resting easy isn't what Blackbeard did. In July, just one month after being pardoned, Blackbeard decided to make a comeback and return to piracy. Jeez. <laughs> But things were different now. 
his crimes wouldn't be pardoned again, and a bounty worth a modern-day $50,000 was placed on his head. And that's just his head. That's not to mention what the head of all of his crew was worth for aiding and abetting such a prolific criminal. And his home country wasn't going to take this insubordination lying down. The seas were now full of pirate hunters captaining huge warships looking to take out notable pirates, dead or alive. And one of these pirate hunters was Lieutenant Robert Maynard, the man who would eventually kill Blackbeard. But we'll get to that next week on the final installment of our series on Blackbeard the Pirate. Dang. Okay, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Woo! Yeah, so a little bit. I mean, it's very clear how it ends. Uh, Blackbeard was a pirate for about two years and then he, and, uh, it really like he, he had two months off and then went straight back to pirating and didn't realize that, um, it wasn't going to be as easy as it was. You were right with like saying like, this is like pirates are like the guys who got into Bitcoin early and then were maybe like, maybe I could do it again. Nah, man, market's fucked now, dog. Welcome to Dogecoin, baby. You're going to get fucked. <laughs> Pump and dump AMC, baby. Oh, my God. The weirdest thing about this episode is that I started researching it, and I was hoping that I could finish it today. Um, and then I started reading about this whole fucking Charlestown debacle where he, like, kept an entire town hostage for yeah. just an, a whole fucking week. And then, <laughs> and then was like, okay, and then what happened? Because clearly after that, he just died, right? And then right. it was just like so much more information. And I started reading about his death and was like, oh, this is a whole ass episode, baby. Nice. Amazing. I can't wait. It's going to be great. I cannot either. Um, hey, thank you so much for joining us on this excursion, on this, uh, on this, this sailboat called life, baby. Um, if you, uh, want to help support the show and watch, uh, that, uh, live show that we're going to put out the video version of it, you can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast and, uh, help us, uh, make the show. It really helps us out when you, uh, when you do that. So thank you for doing that. Sorry. My brain is broken. I am going to sleep for so much time <laughs> after we're done recording. Oh, but yeah, uh, patreon.com slash cult podcast. Also, if you're looking for a new place to listen to the show, can we suggest Rooster Tea? Cock-a-doodle-doo. Cock yeah. You can go over to roosterteeth.com, listen to the show on the website or the app, which you can get on your Amazon Fire Stick, your Roku television, your Xbox, or your mobile device, baby. And Rooster Teeth has a bunch of really other awesome shows, too. They've got 30 Morbid Minutes with Elise Willems and Jess Vasami. They've got Ship Hits the Fan with Charlotte McGrath and Patrick Brown. Oh, and hey, what's that? Armando's got his own show on there. It's called Must Be Dice. It's a tabletop role-playing show that's fucking awesome and kicking ass right now, and you should go listen to it. Yeah, baby, Rooster Teeth, dog. <laughs> uh, and hey, if you want to find me and what I've been up to, uh, I'll give you a hint. A lot of it is Must Be Dice, and it has been taking up a lot of my life. <laughs> Um, then you should go uh, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, etc. At Mondo Does Stuff. That's M A N D O Does Stuff, all one word. 
um and i've got some shows coming up just go look at my instagram because that's where i post them uh i'm gonna be in la local for a little bit and so yeah oh and i'll also i guess be in austin next week i should have mentioned that so if you're in austin i'll be there if you're in la i'll also be there and if you're not in either of those places um go fuck yourself (laughs) (laughs) no i love you thank you and good night Hey guys, it's your girl Paige. I'm here every week. Um, I have a bunch of stuff coming up. So if you're listening to this on Monday, then literally tomorrow on Tuesday, the 17th, uh, I'll be at Flappers Comedy Club for their sci-fi comedy show uh, telling jokes about nerd shit. It's going to be a blast. Then on the 21st, I will be at JR's at the Junkyard in Simi Valley. Then on June 7th at the Comedy Store, I am battling Joe Urell. For the title, it's going to be fucking nuts. If you ever wanted to go to Roast Battle and just haven't, like if you're local and you haven't had a chance to go, it does sell out almost immediately. But if you can snag tickets, that's the one to see. That show is going to be amazing. And uh, if you want to hear about more upcoming shows, because I do post them on Instagram, you can follow me on Instagram at Rampage Wesley or on Twitter at Page Wesley and then on TikTok at Rampage Wesley as well. I love you so much. Bye. Hey, if you want to follow the show on Instagram, you can at, by going to at Colt Podcast. Or at Colt Podcast Show on Twitter. You can also send us a little one of them emails to coltpodcastshow at gmail.com. Or if you want to send us oranges, we desperately need them. <laughs> We're dying of scurvy. If you have oranges to send to us, or Orange Fago either, like I'll take that too, uh, you can send that to... 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237, like The Shining, Los Angeles, California, 90065. One of my favorite moments from Panic Fest, by the way, is when we we threw Fago at people. Uh, You mean when I stopped you from throwing Fago at people? Yes. Yeah, and then I went, shut up, Paige. I can throw one of these. I got a good arm, and then I immediately almost hit a woman in the face with Fago. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, good times. Good times. Good times. And I think for this one, I'm gonna say, do drink the grog. Mm-hmm. Keep your legs straight. Ooh. And don't drink the Kool Aid. Bye. Bye.